Welcome to TSO Consulting Group's DEI podcast series, Why Is It So Hard? Shining Through the Shadow of Resistance. I'm Dr. Tanya Breland. And I am Erica Lee. Welcome. Welcome back. Welcome to Why Is This So Hard? Shining Through the Shadows of Resistance. And we're back. I'm Tanya. And I'm Erica. And in this podcast series, we discuss issues that prevent us collectively as a society from being socially just and free. The goal really is to disrupt the status quo, these patterns of racial inequality and inequities. And so we just talk about um, these different topics that, and these different issues that kind of seem to resurface and keep mm -hmm. us from being who we can absolutely be in our tapestry of, of humanity. So each episode just challenges us to yeah. be the change that we wanna be. So today's episode is focused around the topic of discipline, in particular, school discipline. Yes. Um, so from time to time, we'll talk about issues related to students because our background is education, or we might talk about issues related to adults or just people in society, whether they're young or old, or we may do a mixture of both. Um, but today we're going to kind of focus and hone in on school discipline, which has been and continues to be a long-standing yes. issue in schools in terms of disproportionality. And by disproportionality, what we mean is, let's just say the school has 15% of their school population um, is black, but 75% of their discipline referrals are black, mm -hmm. meaning it's not proportionate to the number of students that actually make up that population. When you think about school discipline, what was it like in your experience? For me, it was just straight trauma. But what about you? <laughs> straight trauma. You know, it's funny. I can look at it from the lens of me being a student. Mm -hmm. I can look at it from the lens of having been a teacher, having been a principal, and then just someone who now works with schools, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. looking in. So there are a mm -hmm. lot of ways yeah. that I can look at this. So where do you want me to start? I want you to start from when you were a student. When I was a student. Think about discipline in school for oh, you. Oh, I was a good kid as a student. I didn't get in a lot of trouble. No. Um, but if I did get in trouble, it was going to be because of my mouth. Mm. Mm -hmm. uh, same here. Mm -hmm. I, I just remember my father used to say to us, that school better not call me about you, you know? <laughs> So we'd be in school like, oh, you know. So I remember in sixth grade, I was absent once. And I'm, I'm not, not once. I don't mean like I've never yes. been absent. But uh -huh. this particular day, I was absent. And my classmates told me when I came back that the, that the teacher said, be quiet, Tanya. And I wasn't even there. So he was just so used to targeting yeah. me, mm. a black girl. And, you know, and I wasn't even there. I'm like, this is terrible. That, that was, is terrible. You so must you know, a lot of talking. You know it impacted me. I can still remember that. Mr. <laughs> McDonald was the teacher. Mm -hmm. I, um, <laughs> I, I, I would cut up in class until the teacher said, all right, I have to call home. Mm -hmm. Then I was, please, don't call whatever home. you do, do not call Paul and Carol Newman, please. <laughs> Please. Yeah, you know. I, I had one of those those fathers who would come to the school um, if there was a problem. 
he did have to go to the school, not for me, but for one of my siblings. Yeah. And um, it it wasn't pretty. Mm -mm. It was not pretty no. for her. No. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So. But you know, discipline is is you know obviously we've got the home discipline. Mm -hmm. You know how we're reared mm -hmm. and how we um, our parents expected us to mm -hmm. conduct ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, a lot of times when we think about discipline um, in the homes. Black families put a lot of emphasis on discipline because they knew that if we misbehaved, yes. we were going to be targeted first. Yes. Um, and if we misbehaved really badly, then that meant law enforcement was going to come into the picture. That's absolutely And right. there was, you know, th that was like the greatest fear I think the parents had that our, their children would get involved with law enforcement. Now that's another piece of this story that we're gonna talk about. Yeah. But when we go back to schools, the issue is schools often target black and brown kids when it comes to discipline. Yeah, I mean, you know, in my experience, I only needed to go to the in-school suspension um, and to see you know, disproportionately, there were black boys mm -hmm. sitting in in-school suspension. Mm -hmm. um, and that was consistent. It didn't matter what time of the year I went. It didn't matter what day I went. It, it just didn't matter. Disproportionately, disproportionately, there were black and Latino boys sitting in in-school suspension. And this is in a school that where I taught, it was just diverse. I mean, mm -hmm. it was one of the things that I love and still love about that particular school community. But, you know, you only need really to look at, you know, sort of where are the, the spaces of discipline. Mm -hmm. And if you see more, you know, one group more so over another, I mean, that's your visual data, particularly if you're working in a school district. Yeah. Sadly, um, when we look at the data around discipline, and this is national data, so this is happening across this country, yeah. the students who are most disproportionately targeted and or referred for discipline issues are black boys first mm -hmm. and black girls yeah. tend to be second. Sometimes Latino boys yeah. may be above, mm -hmm. above the black girls. Mm -hmm. But there's a problem there. Yeah when we look at how our black boys are, are viewed and treated in school systems. It is heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. um, I shared this story with you before, but you know, my husband, he's a, a mentor mm -hmm. and um, for a group of, of boys locally. And you know, he was talking to a boy who's, he's, I guess he's in seventh grade or so. And he said, you know, this year I made a decision that I, I, I wanted to do better you know i wanted to behave better i wanted to um, just do better in school but the teacher you know that one of the teachers that he had you know spoke to a teacher that he had the previous year and because of that he said you know what he said to my husband was i can't win mm. you know those were his 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 words you know mm. and it's heartbreaking you know mm -hmm. for this kid mm -hmm. to you know want to try to do better and it's like it's almost like this in this space he's just not allowed he's just not allowed to and um, so 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 where do you think that comes from I, I, I would I'm gonna predict that your um, your answer like mine really goes to um, implicit bias it does you know it does and, but it starts really early yeah I, I really have to point out that you know the data starts as early as preschool yeah where black boys 
are being targeted and kicked out of preschools. Preschool. So, preschools. You're talking three-year-olds. Three-year-olds. Yeah. Where you really should be looking at, you know, you, especially when they're young, you can teach students what type of conduct sure. is appropriate in different settings. Sure. But what often happens, they, you know, whomever is in charge, you know, the, the teachers or the principals um, are not thinking about yeah. um, teaching. Mm. Now there is a move, and, and we, have to, we definitely have to mention this, there is a move in schools now where they're moving away from discipline, moving more towards restorative justice, mm -hmm. which I think could answer some of the discipline problems sure. that we see in schools or the disparities that we're seeing in schools. But what often happens, um, children are being treated very differently. There, there are scenarios that we've used, you and I have used in trainings that we've done. And it often mm -hmm. sends teachers into an uproar sure. when we yeah. present it. Um, one is with um, two young children and you know, one is black, one is white. And these are actual scenarios that an author observed and documented in, in his book. I think it's H. Richard Milner. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, in the scenario, one of the scenarios, there, there are two children in a, a learning center, and um, you know, one of them, uh, the, the white boy takes over the job of the black boy in that center. The black boy then, um, you know, goes and, you know, tries to rectify the situation. Mm -hmm. um, when they end up getting in trouble, the black boy is the one that is targeted and loses his recess. Mm -hmm. And when we present that oftentimes to groups of teachers, we've heard things like, well, you don't know whether or not the little black boy was a troublemaker mm -hmm. in the first mm -hmm. place. You don't know what kind of kid he is. Right. Yeah. As though they're mm -hmm. making the excuses for why he should be targeted. Yes. Not looking at the actual scenario itself. Right. But that happens all the time. Yeah. When I was a principal, my teachers had an issue with me. Mind you, my teachers, the majority of whom were white women. Mm -hmm. I loved them. They really were a great group of dedicated mm -hmm. teachers. Mm -hmm. But they had a they had a bias yeah. oftentimes towards the, the population of students that we served, which was predominantly black. Yeah. And that bias would center around the black boys. Mm -hmm. And so I remember, I, I believe it was like my first year as principal or right after my first year of principal, and we were having a conversation about discipline and they had issues with my approach. Mm -hmm. And this was before restorative justice was a thing, yeah. or at least before it was popular. And my approach was not to take the hard line punish the students. Mm -hmm. And they felt that punitive, you know, um, responses were the most appropriate for these students. Wow. Yeah. And we got into a big debate, argument even, about how we need to address students' behavior. And then they would say things like, you don't have my back, mm. you know, as yeah. principal to teacher. Yeah. And they were missing what was happening in, in those scenarios. I think that first of all, the understanding of what restorative justice is and what it is not, mm -hmm. I think is really important, right? And so I think very often, like in the scenario that you just explained, you know, there are some teachers, not all, but there are some teachers who, you know, they wanna see swift consequences. Mm -hmm. And they want, they, it's like, they almost want kids to be like, 
in tears. Like, mm -hmm. you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like they, they just want these really harsh um, consequences. And so, you know, they're not, um, you know, thinking about, you know, so what does restoration look like? You know, it's like all they really want are kids coming back, you know, contrite. And I understand the contrition. I, I, I understand that. Um, but that doesn't mean that you've addressed whatever the challenge is. You know, kids are coming to learn, not just your topic, they're, you know, or your subject or your whatever your routine is. You know, they're coming to learn to right. about how to be, you know, productive, contributing people, citizens, right? In society. And so that behavior is a piece of that. They're coming to learn about that. Mm -hmm. And like self-regulation and self-awareness is a part. Sure. And so the restorative justice really gets at that. And I think that the big challenge with restorative justice is that, you know, people want, it's almost like they want revenge. And I hate to use that word, but I've like seen they, it. They, I, I have mm -hmm. two. Mm -hmm. I have two, unfortunately. You know, I remember when I was teaching, uh, I was in the middle of a lesson and working with kids and um, another teacher came to the door. She taught across the hall from me. She came to the door with a kid, African-American boy. And she, he was in her class, but I also had him in an earlier um, class. And she said, um, I can't do anything with him. Mm. Like she taught math, I was teaching English. I can't do anything with him. Um, but he said, um, he asked me if I, would bring you, if I would bring him here. So I'm just gonna leave him here. And she turned around and walked away. And I was just like, what is this? Like what is happening here, right? Mm. So I just, do you have your work? Come on have a seat back there. We'll talk about it later. And really what it came down to is that he didn't feel heard right. in the classroom, right. in right. her class. He didn't feel heard. He didn't feel seen, mm -hmm. but he didn't feel heard. Right. Like he was, she wasn't right. listening to him. Yep. And so. And that often is the issue. Yes. 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 Yes, yes it is. It's like they're, this, these students are being disregarded. Yes. Um, you know, they are not seen and valued yep. as, um, students who you know, can, can contribute yes. something to the classroom. That's right. And it could be that they are you know, antsy mm -hmm. you know, in their seats. Mm -hmm. Perhaps they don't need to sit in a chair. Maybe they need one of the bouncy ball, mm -hmm. like you know, the, um, what, are the, what are those things called? Those yoga balls. The yoga those, balls, yeah. right. Uh -huh. There yep. are some teachers mm -hmm. who are really good mm -hmm. about you know, seating arrangements. Mm -hmm. And you know, there's some kids that need to stand yep. at times. Mm -hmm. um, some kids who need you know, movement in yep. the classroom. And a lot of times it often boils down to these students are not engaged in the classroom That's right. because the teacher may not be teaching in a way Absolutely. that meets their needs and their learning styles. And their learning styles may not be to sit in a chair for 40 minutes and listen to the teacher lecture. Reading round robin, waiting for your paragraph. Right, you know? <laughs> right, exactly. It's like mm -hmm. where I found there to be less discipline issues was when there was student engagement, when it was student-centered. The students were, were very engaged in the work that they were doing. I mean, what I call like butts in the air, yep. you know, where they are like, just like engrossed yes. in something, you know, in the content that they're learning in this classroom. And, and they have agency yes. in their learning. That's There's right. choice that they have. Mm -hmm. And when that happens, there are very few discipline issues. Yeah. Like I almost never had discipline problems in my classroom. I can't think of any time when I was a teacher that I sent students out. Yeah. Ever. Right. Like that just was I, that just wasn't my thing. 
And there were opportunities for teachable moments. Yes. When that didn't mean students didn't act up. There were students. I had one kid. I'll never forget. You know, he would do like you know acrobats in his chair. You know, <laughs> mm -hmm. just was not mm -hmm. you know conducive mm -hmm. to learning. He was not interested in. Yes. I mean, I, I won't say he wasn't interested in learning, but there were times that it appeared as though he wasn't yes. interested in learning. Yeah. And what I think was really at the heart of it was the work was too hard for him. Mm. And so mm -hmm. that, that was incumbent upon me mm -hmm. to differentiate for him and create instruction that reached him. Mm -hmm. But he never got sent to the office. Yeah. Never. That yeah. just, it was not a thing for me. I think um, the physical behavior you might see more in, the, in, in elementary, and you do see some of that in the high school, but sometimes it's just like the disposition that mm -hmm. I think teachers object to, the right. attitudes well, or yes. the language or, you know, and that tends to be the the challenge, you know, on the on the high school level, but even that comes down to relationships. Yes. There's student engagement, absolutely. I do believe that, you know, if you're having issues with classroom management, if there is a challenge, I think student engagement, rigorous instruction, re rigorous relevant instruction is I think the antidote to that. I, I think, think that's so. the remedy to that. Uh, but I also think relationship because it's huge. even it's, it is because even in spaces where a kid might be, you know, um, having some challenges with whatever the rules are, you know, that relationship kicks mm -hmm. in and mm -hmm. it's like, oh, I'm sorry, Miss Leek, or, you know, or they can just say, like, I'm having a really bad day. Mm -hmm. I don't know what to do about mm -hmm. this situation. And I, you know, um, and that's important, mm -hmm. you know, to, to have that, to have that space. Again, to go back to what we said about feeling heard. Right. 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 Feeling heard because then, you know, but as a teacher, you need to be able to empathize. So I, I feel like when, when we're not able to empathize with, with kids, right? When we don't see ourselves in them, mm -hmm. when we don't see them as our sons and daughters, when we don't see that, right? That's a challenge. Then we can sort of objectify, we can other them. Mm -hmm. Whatever it is that they're doing, that's what they're doing. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter if they're not feeling hurt. That's right. what they're doing and they're gonna pay, right? you right. know, for that. I once was called into a school some years ago to do a training because they were having problems with their black girls. So they asked me to come in and do some sensitivity training, cultural <laughs> sensitivity training. And, you know, it was really um, interesting mm -hmm, <laughs> to mm -hmm. say the least. Um, but when we think about black girls, a problem that often happens with black girls uh, is what what is called adultification yeah. of black girls. Yeah. So a lot of times black girls may be adultified, meaning that they're seen as little adults mm -hmm. sitting in classrooms. Mm -hmm. And so they're being held to expectations that are not realistic yeah. and not developmentally appropriate. That's right. And we see that all through school. Over and over again. Over and over, over again. Over and over again. And, you know, it's it's... It's worse than unfortunate, but yeah. it's unfortunate because it's like you have a, a girl that's that's 12, 13, mm -hmm. you know, and you expect her to act like she's 18 or 19. Right. Right. And so when she responds to being unfairly, um, you know, targeted, you know, then she responds maybe an attitude. Maybe there's, you know, sort of like a verbal confrontation mm -hmm. and then there's offense and the teacher is offended, mm -hmm. you know, or that kind of thing. And it's, it's, it's just so unfortunate. 
and I'm, more than that, it's just, it's just unjust. Right. You know, that right. child has a right to be a child like any other, you know, 12-year-old, and I think, or 13 or whatever their age is. And I think that the, another challenge with that is, you know, we, we kind of put, that's a lot of stress to put on a, on a 13-year-old. So right. imagine right. sort of the mental mm -hmm. um, impact that that's having and the emotional impact that that's having on that, you know, that, that girl mm -hmm. that's being sort of, you know, just unfairly um, targeted. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, and, and sadly, you know, when you go back to that attitude piece, because mm -hmm. that's the piece that I would hear. Mm -hmm. Well, they have an the attitude. attitude. Mm -hmm. um, and so, of course, I had to have an attitude, right? Like, hey, attitude, head rolling yeah, and all of that. Yeah. But really what, what's at the heart of that, let's go back to something you said earlier. There's a lack of relationship, yeah. mm -hmm. typically, mm -hmm. when there are scenarios mm -hmm. where, mm -hmm. and there's often a power struggle, yeah. you know? And so, you know, our, our, you know um, we, we have to talk about black, black girls and black boys because that's where the problems lie. Yeah. You know, that's where yeah. the disproportionality is mm -hmm. across this entire country. Sure. That's a problem. That's a problem. You know, yeah. so why is it that th that black girls and black boys aren't looked at the same way that their their peers are who may not be black? Mm -hmm. You know, why is that? There's something there's something with that. I think so. And I think, you know, we look at the history of our country you know, policing black bodies, mm -hmm. you know, is a mm -hmm. problem yes. and yes. has been a problem mm -hmm. since the time of enslavement. Yeah. So some of what we're seeing, you know, can be traced back to the enslavement period. Absolutely. Absolutely. And all of the images um, that we've been exposed to, you know, just reinforce, you know, just really racist notions right. about, you know, um, black boys and black girls, you know, so the, um, you know, this idea of, you know, black males being violent mm -hmm. or unable to control themselves mm -hmm. or that kind of thing, you know, it gets reinforced in discipline. Get, we, we see it in schools, right? Mm -hmm. This mm -hmm. idea of black girls being like sassy mm -hmm. or even over-sexualized, mm -hmm. it gets reinforced mm -hmm. through discipline, you know, and when we don't see them as you know, the, when we don't presume competence, we, did, we just did a workshop on that. We did. When we don't presume competence. And, and brilliance. A, yes, and assume that they are brilliant. Assume that this child that, you know, you're having a challenge with is brilliant, mm -hmm. right? That totally changes the way that we interact with these kids, you yeah. know? It just totally changes. So if a kid, I don't know, does whatever the, the, the infraction is. So let's say a kid, you know, kind of goes off on another kid or goes off on you, you know, as the authority, you know, in the classroom, you know, what does, what is the response? Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. does, does the response come out of, I'm assuming that this kid is a brilliant, capable, competent individual. And like, I'm going to- Likely no. <laughs> right, right, you know, and if I, if I, you know, interact with them, if I respond to the behavior mm -hmm. or to the language based on that, it's going to be different than here this kid goes again. Right. I cannot stay, oh, he's here, you know, or, you know, the sigh of relief when he's absent. You know, here the, I can't, he's going to have to go. I can't deal with this, not mm -hmm. today. Mm -hmm. He's going to have to go. That's a very different approach to, you know, working with, with students in the space of, of discipline. Right. And again, going back to something that you said, if that lesson is not engaging, if they don't care about what it is that's, that's being taught, 
if they're not, you know, their imagination is not captured, mm -hmm. if there's no agency on their part, if they have not been able to choose, you know, what it is that they engage in, then yeah, there's going to be so you would have issues with me, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. if 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 I were in an environment for six hours mm -hmm. in a day and I had no voice and no choice, mm -hmm. like I would be a behavior problem, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so when we kind of think about you know sort of what we're expecting, right? If our expectations are not consistently high. And if our engagement is not thorough and based in relationship, right, right, right. we're just going to have some issues there. Right, right. You know? And so the other problem that discipline um, creates is, you know, there is a pipeline, sadly, I mean, this is extremely problematic. Yeah. There's a pipeline to prison. Yes. So let's take a student who, let's just follow a fictitious student. Three years old, little black boy gets kicked out of preschool. Yeah. What is the message that little black boy is experiencing right then as a three-year-old? I don't belong here. I don't belong here. Mm -hmm. I'm not valued. This is not for me. Right. So that black boy then at some point is in elementary school, mm -hmm. getting kicked out of class mm -hmm. for whatever reason, maybe just being silly like the other boys. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and gets targeted, gets kicked out. The message again is... I don't belong here either. <laughs> right. So yes. now you're getting this reinforced yes. message of you're not valued, mm -hmm. you don't belong here. And every time they get kicked out of class, what are they learning? Nothing. They're learning that they're not valued. That's true. But I was thinking about the academics, yeah, right? Right, but mm -hmm. no, but even that yes, too. Yes. Like, you know, mm -hmm. they're also not learning mm -hmm. in class. That's right. So now that's a whole nother issue around mm -hmm. um, student achievement yes. outcomes, if you will. Yes. And the gap that's, that we often see yep. there, that's, that's another conversation. But if this student is out of class more than they are in class, right. What could they possibly be learning and what are they missing instructionally? Right. And if they're missing things instructionally, when they come back to class, now they're behind. That's right. So now they're behind their peers. They don't understand what's happening because right. they weren't there when the, the instruction was given. And so now they're lost. That's right. And the cumulative effect of that is that they don't function on grade level and whatever exactly. that, that, that subject matter is. Right, right. You know? And so then let's move them up to high school. So now they're in high school, they're completely disengaged at this point. Yes. Because they've right. had this message reinforced over and over again from the time they were three years old. That's right. That they don't matter. That's right. That they're not seen, that they're not important. That's right. That they're not valued, and that education for them is really not that important. That's it. That's right. And so then they feel like, well, what's the point in being in school? Mm hmm you know, mm -hmm. I mean, this is not everyone's story. We're just using this as a as a but it's a enough, scenario though, because we know that there are very there's a there is a very close alignment between incarceration yes. or adjudication yep. and you know um, uh, school dropout rates. Right, right. Like like there are really most people who are in the prison system. That's that correct. That was their story. That is that correct. was their story, and mm -hmm. they were not able to finish you know um, school or. They, there, there was no success, and that was the story. Yep. 
that was the story. Got yeah. kicked out over and over again and just had no success and did not feel like they belonged in that space. Right. So right. there's a very school is clear, not for me. School is not for me. Mm -hmm. I don't belong here. Mm -hmm. That's not my thing. But sadly, it's a cycle. That's right. You know, and mm -hmm. so then, you know, then they'll they'll have children who will experience the same thing. That's right. And, you know, so as parents, they're like, you know, standoffish when it comes to the school. Mm -hmm. And then there's, you know, stereotypes. Yeah, there's no trust. There is, exactly. Right. They don't trust it. They That's don't trust it. that system. Yep, That's exactly. Right. And mm -hmm. so, you know, it's like, this is a perpetual issue yeah. here. And it really causes us to have to stop and say, why? Yes. Why is this an issue? Yes. But That's it really right. means, it's not you and me having to ask that question. It's really the educators in the classroom yeah. who are kicking our black and brown kids out needing to ask themselves the question, why? why? You know, why are they doing this? Why, you know, um, what's behind, you know, how they respond to our kids? You know, one of the suggestions that we give is something I think we saw maybe in Zaretta Hammond's book, is just like this log of interactions. Mm -hmm. Like assess the relationships, right? So if you have a student that is, you know, that presents challenges you know for you in terms of discipline and you're not sure why right mm -hmm. so what we hear is I treat all my kids the same so if that's where you are but you've noticed that maybe in among your black boys and your black girls that the discipline referrals are higher mm -hmm. just assess the relationship right so just create a chart you know and just really sort of quantify every relationship every interaction with that student and evaluate, was that a positive? Was that a negative or was it neutral? Mm -hmm. Just do that for a couple of weeks and you'll see whether or not there are patterns. I think that's really important. I think that's a really important place to start, mm -hmm. especially if you know your discipline referrals as an educator, whether you're in the classroom or maybe even maybe you're a leader in, in the in the in the school building, you know, just take a look and see the extent to which the discipline referrals are equitable. Um, but start with the relationships. Yeah, start that's with the huge. Interactions, that's huge. And I think that if they do that, maybe discipline wouldn't be such a problem. Yeah, yeah I you agree. Know? And that doesn't seem so hard. Does it? So thank you for joining us. Um, this will conclude this particular podcast, yes. but this is a topic that we're probably going to revisit oh, because yes. there's more to talk about sure. here. Um, sure. And then what we were able to, to focus on today. Absolutely. I'm Tanya. And I'm Erica. Please join us again. We're looking forward to chatting with you on some other topics. Thank you. Take care. <laughs>